Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Ball Bags Podcast. Apologies from Rocky and Atash. It is uh, just two handsome blokes here rocking it out. Chief, how are we? I'm good, mate. How are you? It's a, a t- with comments like that. I'm glad that no one's ever seen our faces because they they call bluff. I think. Yeah. Um. But look, yeah, look, probably a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, two boys were kind of late pullouts, unfortunately. So we basically have a point each. Agree to disagree. We'll go to our player of the week first and then finally we'll just finish off with our fixtures of the of the round. Um must watch TV. But without much further ado, Chief, who was your player of the week and why? Uh my player of the week uh was Oxen Shea from the England South Africa World Cup semi final. I think um Andre Pollard will take a lot of credit for his kicks and how well he did when he came on as well but ultimately I think with the Ox coming into the scrums he turned the tide in in South Africa's favour. I was I was actually looking at this um, and I said to one of the lads it was about the 62nd minute I was like if South Africa don't score here in the next five minutes they're done and I think they got a scrum penalty Ox was the man to it and or or G Snyman then went and scored his try, really put the pressure mm. on, and obviously they got the they got the final scrum penalty call to win the game. So yeah, he's he's my player of the week. Yeah, and look, I suppose as a complete sidebar, completely unrated. What a three years for R G Snyman. Yeah, like you look at the two ACL injuries, <clears throat> the fire pit incident, and here he is scoring. The crucial try in a World Cup semi final. The only try in a World Cup yeah, semi final. Absolutely massive from um, him. Yeah, he'd be yeah. happy for him now. Um my player of the week, it's very biased, so i might be be shot down on this one. But look, I said I'd put it forward anyway. Is AJ Brown, um obviously Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. And the Eagles were in a Key game against the Dolphins. I think it might have been my fixture of the week last year. They fairly dismantled them. And AJ Brown is on course. And he's going to have an extra game to do it, obviously. But he's currently on course to overtake uh, Calvin Johnson's all-time receiving record. He has matched him in... I'm going to butcher this stat now. But in most consecutive games with... 150 plus yards I think it's 5 so he's he's in red form right now I, I also think he's probably look he's not Justin Jefferson um, or maybe Tyreek Hill but he's definitely in the top 5 wide receivers in the NFL right now he's in his prime so for me he was my player of the week but I'm cognizant that's a very biased yeah it's um, <clears throat> it's he, he's a good shout as well he um that was a big matchup. Two five and one teams going into that, wasn't it? Mm. Um. So mm. that's uh, and yeah, it's um, nice to have that 
game cushion to be able to break that record mm. as well. So I think yeah, he he's been he he's been probably one of the standout players there so far this season, hasn't he? Uh, and even last season as well, I think. He. Yeah, uh, he definitely was last season, and this season we've probably not been as dominant. Um, if you tune into Hulls and Stout. Was himself and Rocky, two diehard Eagles fans, and we've we've talked quite a few times about like when's the loss coming, the loss is coming. It came against the Jets, but we've probably not been as maybe as dominant as last year. But um, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely was a huge one. But I'm going to be cantankerous. I'm going to say it's Ox Nietzsche, uh, high stakes environment, and before he came on, I didn't see South Africa. Winning, I went into the game up to half time. I did, but then it just seemed like England were gonna flee through. Yeah, it was absorbing, bruising encounter, and and the, and the moment. For me. Yeah, I know, I know, like pretty much the bomb squad came on, and uh, Vincent Cock, another another uh, good scrummager, come on as well in around the same time and made a huge impact. But yeah, for me, I think Ox and uh. He probably he probably had a a Burger King to celebrate after because salads don't win scrums. <laughs> no, they do not. Yeah, they do not. Um, yeah. So look, I'm happy with Ox Nietzsche. To be fair, I haven't spent considerable amount of my life in the front row as well. So yeah, not gonna disagree there. Um, moving on is agree to disagree. I'll take the lead on this <coughs> one, uh, and then I'll hand it on over to yourself. So. First topic of conversation, and it's probably one more so for fun. Um, Washington Commanders defensive tackle Jonathan Allen expressed his frustration with his team's lack of success in recent years following a 14-7 loss to the New York Giants on Sunday. I have the audio. I'm going to play it. Um, give me just one sec. They whooped our ass. Plain and simple. Got to be better. Does it get frustrating when that team... Yes, it does. I'm fucking tired of this shit. Fucking tired of this bullshit. It's been seven fucking years of the same shit. Tired of this shit. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play fucking Philadelphia. Since the audio, um, eagle-eyed listeners will know there was a little cut there to the TikTok sound. Um, <laughs> look, I, I suppose I, I, I get where he's coming from. It's probably not the most professional post-match interview, but I suppose... This question was to kind of see the venom flow in a few cast members. But I suppose, who is the worst run sporting organization in the world and why? I think I've been thinking about this um, for a while now, and it's hard to not look across the water to England, to multiple organizations over there. You can, you can take three rugby teams that we spoke about last week that went bust and any one of those could be considered it. But for me, I think Everton in the Premier League is probably one of the worst run organisations. A lot of changes over and I know it probably it's it's a bit hard now, the passing of Bill Kenwright yesterday, the day before as mm. well. You know, he 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 built that club up a lot and he he was running it right for a time, but I think the the last 
seven, eight years, they've just been diabolical and I don't know how they're surviving in the Premier League. And now... They are surviving, I suppose. Yeah, they're just by by the skin of their teeth. But I think the there there's now pressure on them for the fair play, financial fair play. Um, that mm. I think Premier League are looking for a twelve point deduction. They've two offences, I think, in comparison to City's one hundred and eighteen or something. But there was no mention of points deduction for City. So, but yeah, it's just it, it's a just a shit show there it, so that's that's who I would probably say is the worst run at the yeah. moment I've I've a few um, I suppose association football I'm probably going to turn around and I'm probably going to say Spurs and that's very uh, biased again <laughs> but I just think they're in London they've always been like a top 10 club but they've no hardware to show for it um, huge loyal support it kind of borders on like they have a huge global support because of the ties with um, religion but yeah just never got over the hump never really got that kind of important piece of hardware um, on top of that like I, I could even say the Knicks <laughs> uh, which which I do love the Knicks but uh, especially in Dolan's ownership group a franchise that big that important with that huge fan base in the biggest city in the world for it to have two championships in the 70s and nothing since it's probably a massive fail and, yeah um, especially in a salary cap sport I have another one from the NBA which is the Pelicans um, I've talked to them before they are owned by the same family that owns the Saints and the Saints are definitely priority they have the same physio um, they obviously butchered Anthony Davis now he kind of looks you look at his form with the Lakers as if he's just kind of mentally soft but they're probably butchering Zion Williamson now and, and to get two generational draft picks in 20 years not yeah. acceptable um, and then you could probably look at maybe the Jets um, to only have one Super Bowl and again be in the metropolis of New York uh, I know they're in New Jersey, obviously, yeah. East Waterford. And the Giants are kind of sucky this year, but they've had recent Super Bowl success. They've had two in the last 20 years. So I think they kind of get a bit of a pass. Um, but, yeah, I think I, this could really... Yeah, I think to, to throw a little shade on some of the teams I follow as well, you could pick a number of the Chicago organisations... Um, you know yeah. it's they they just missed out on the playoffs. They got to the playoff wild card last year. The Bulls, they were in the the lost in the first round of the playoffs the previous year. Uh, they look to be heading in the right direction though with Billy Donovan and stuff. So there may there may be signs. Delonzo Ball in. Yeah, yeah, that's and he's gone like for this entire season as well. You know he. He he may be gone permanently. He he may never recover from that. Mm-hmm. Um, the struggling bears, you know, it's um, be thirty nine years this year without a Super Bowl. It'll be, I think, two thousand six. The last time they were in the Super Bowl, 
2010 they were in the championship yeah, final, the, the NFC championship I think was the last time um, you know they're it's yeah they're, there's so many the, like even even the Blackhawks in hockey I know, like it's it that's more of a, a a hobby sport for me is like check the results check the highlights and stuff but the Blackhawks have had good recent success but now it seems to be a complete rebuild but they did get the number one draft this year so something to build on they for also the f- had a, future I'm, I'm willing to cor- be corrected but they, they also had kind of a sizable enough scandal in the last few years I can't fully remember was this uh, was there someone involved with the organisation convicted of uh, abuse of a minor am I wrong in saying that could be that something the last yeah two there, there could could have been there's there's been a lot of been a lot of change there um top top to yeah. bottom like uh, you know a lot of their their main mainstay guys and their their cup winners are have moved on and stuff like that and the gm has changed and stuff like that so wouldn't surprise me but um yeah i think um yes i actually i actually have the scandal i was right so the Blackhawks settled the lawsuit uh, by a former player. Never fully made the major leagues and um, was kind of there thereabouts. But said he was sexually assaulted by assistant coach during the team's Stanley Cup run, winning run in yeah. two thousand ten. And he, um, it was obviously it, it was coming out around the time of the final, so they hushed it up very quickly, and they got busted for yeah. the cover up as, as well the as the incident. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually remember it now that you. You're reading it out there. Um, yeah, we we could name endless franchises and teams and <laughs> around the world. Yeah, I think I think we're two of the more cool heads. Maybe I was obviously planning this video two and ahead, and I was expecting some fireworks. Uh, yeah, pan out that way. But look, you try things that don't always work out. So, um, my agree to disagree for this week is currently ranked one and two in the world. Does the build-up to South Africa and New Zealand seem unusually quiet for a World Cup final? And has the final been somewhat overshadowed by World Rugby's announcement of the Nations League from 2026 and the expansion to 24 teams from the next World Cup cycle? A lot in it, yeah. Um, I think, um, and we touched on it at the very start of the season, we were on about like the potential for growth in this World <coughs> Cup. And I think it's they've fallen short of the mark simply because as soon as Ireland's out of it, you notice the interest level drop. Whereas like, there's an interest level in the Football World Cup considering Ireland don't get there most of the time. Um. Look, I'd imagine in New Zealand and South Africa there's considerable excitement about this World Cup. Um, but yeah, it does seem slightly subdued. Um, parked after the time being. The And look, feel free to jump across. The second part of your question is far more interesting to me right now. Um, yeah, it is It is definitely been overshadowed by this announcement. Um, this new concept of the Nations League 
for me, the expansion of the 24 teams is a bit like putting the cart before the horse. I actually think the Nations League should have ran for a few years to allow for the development of Euro teams. So you're getting a good yeah. standard when you do expand. Um, worst the, the worst thing you want to see is like it's different than football because at the end of the day, the professional athletes, professional defenses, uh, professional coaches, and like it's still a one nil, two nil, so it's a competitive fixture. But rugby is such in the World Cup already. We've propensity for a huge blowout. I think expanding it could could get ugly. The Nations League is interesting. Um, I wonder is it how does it leave us with the Six Nations and the, and the Rugby Championship? Like, are, are they going to disappear on the years with the Nations League? Because it's a hell of a lot of rugby when you factor in domestic rugby. Yeah, I I don't think the they're not going to disappear, but the the rankings for them and stuff like the matches will probably so if Ireland are paired or in a group with France say I think the Six Nations result will go towards your Nations League total I'm not entirely sure I didn't I didn't look too much into the details of it what just going back to your point of had it ran for a couple of years with promotion and relegation from it Mm. I think that would have been the better um scenario for developing rugby in in the so-called weaker yeah. countries and stuff but it would it would also put the pressure on Italy and Japan and Fiji Samoa those teams like to that if they're if they're going to be like if they ever expand the rugby championship that Fiji and Japan come into it to make it a like a six nations southern hemisphere six nations mm-hmm. But that you have the potential to get relegated, like it, it puts pressure on you to develop your players, and you know results results matter. It's okay playing nice rugby, but you can play ugly and still win, which England very nearly done. Yeah, like absolutely. Um, yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong because the details in this are very fuzzy still. Like. I'm willing to be corrected, but I think the first two reiterations, so the 2026 and 2028 one, aren't going to have relegation. Yeah, it's it's, it's in 2030. It's ring fenced for the first first two, I think, um, which doesn't bode well, like because that's a that's into a, a another World Cup cycle. Before, mm. like it's you're talking the 20. 31 World Cup before those nations could potentially earn the right to compete um, in the Nations League or like the year before it so like if if Italy if Italy keep picking up wooden spoons and stuff but Georgia keep getting wins against tier one nations when they play them like you need to either expand the six nations or open up that door of do we have relegation, promotion relegation from the Euro- the rugby championship Europe or whatever it's called and into the Six Nations? Mm. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I do think it's it's kind of, I do think, feel it's overshadowed though. <laughs> it was, it was a ba- I think it's bad timing. Like they could have waited until Sunday or Monday to announce this. Yeah. Um. Just on the whole relegation 
promotion thing. I think it's something rugby's afraid of. Um, I suppose the thing I would always say is, and this is across all sports, is what adds to entertainment value, which is a huge importance in driving eyes on the telly and then young boots on the pitch, is like importance and uh, intensity. So like the NFL is so intense because it is 17 weeks. Every game matters. The NBA is 82 games. Not every game matters. And even in the playoffs, it's a best of seven. It's enjoyable. It's a lot more enjoyable and the games do matter, but it's still a best of seven series. Like, Ruby's international calendar is Autumn International, Summer International, Six Nations, Ruby Championship. None of those games really matter. And that sounds mad, but it matters in terms of world rankings. Where did world rankings, what did world rankings do for Ireland at this World Cup? Nothing. Yep. Um, and theoretically, outside of World Cup years and trying to build a bit of momentum, it doesn't matter if you finish bottom of the Six Nations. It doesn't matter if you lose all your Autumn Internationals. Your coach will probably lose his job, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Like ultimately, you could you could lose you could pick up a wooden spoon. This year, and potentially win a World Cup, like you know, it's like there, there's nothing to stop it, or like other than player development and stuff. Like it's yeah, the, uh, you're right in the importance. Like the the important games in international rugby are the knockout stages of the World Cup. Basically, because of a group stage and how it's structured, if you're a tier one nation, like Scotland is probably the only side, and Ast- well, like Australia, we're brutal and knocked out by Fiji, but. Yeah. Do you know tier one nations in matter? Like the, the Australia ones, <laughs> you could almost class them as tier two now. And like they, mm-hmm. they're, they've been in massive decline for a number of years now, and there's no sign of that stopping. Um and like they've the next World Cup as well, which is the only reason they'll not have to worry about the ranking. Let me tell you this: in terms of like oval ball sports, rugby league in Australia Bottom is. Of the oh, no, sorry. Rugby league, sorry, is is fast becoming Number. Australia's. Like it's it's starting to even yeah. swallow up Aussie rules in Heartlands. Um, they're they're playing the open round in Vegas this season in February. Um, the Yanks are lapping it up already. It could be huge. Like it could be as important as the NFL coming to London in terms of driving new international viewers, which is serious influx into like the, the problem with all the sports in Australia is they just don't get the international viewership and then the revenue. But if the NRL gets that could be lights yeah. Um But look, I'm not going to fix Australia. I can barely <laughs> fix myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the Rugby League opening up in, in Las Vegas next season is really good. I, th- I think um, I was listening to, I think it was the New Heights podcast with Travis and uh, Jason Kelsey. And they were talking mm. about NFL's next expansion, I think. And it was like, what, or was it? Was it you and Rocky, no? 
we talk no about I, I just um, but it was like yes actually I you, sorry it was it was you and, yeah the next market. sorry given given the the Kelsey brothers the credit that, for you and Rocky but I I think like it could work both ways that NFL could get a market in Australia and Australia NRL gets a market in the US so yeah and like they could be looking for more players to come from the NRL to join the NFL Mm. obviously we there's been some pretty bad ones um was uh your man that went to the 49ers Jared Hayne Uh, Jared Hayne yeah there's been some incredible success stories there's Jordan Mailata at the Eagles yeah um and they love an Aussie punter. And that's coming from Aussie rules because they're getting an yeah. athlete and a kicker. Whereas a punter developed in America is, is, is not an athlete, if that makes sense. Uh, and I know it actually another point you, you made about um, the Irish kicker uh, at, at the back. Yeah. It's like he'd be an athlete to an extent, but not like an Aussie rules athlete. That's, yeah. So it's uh, or even a Gaelic footballer, they're starting to snap them up as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, um that concludes I suppose agree disagree. Next up, must watch TV. Chief, what's your prediction? So my must watch TV is the World Cup final on Saturday night between the All Blacks and the Springboks. Um we've seen the Springboks have announced their team today, 7-1 split. Um, they've gone for, the last time they've done that, the, well, the first time they've done it was against the All Blacks in Twickenham pre-World Cup and they annihilated mm. them. I'm not, that's not going to be the case this weekend. I think this is potential to be up there with one of the good, very good Rugby World Cup finals in terms of quality, I think. Mm. And I, I Look, I know there's no Irish interest. Well, actually, there there is if you're Munster. Felix Jones. Munster inclined as well. So you have uh, Snyman and John Clane. So um, both both named in the squad. Felix Jones. And Felix Jones, of course. Uh, already a World Cup winning coach. Um, Could be two-time World Cup winning coach. Yeah. And this, uh, the winner will go out on top in terms of number of wins in World Cup history um, so it's it's a big big game and looking forward to it yeah it, it should be good now um, it'll be on RT ITV Virgin yeah I think I think it's I think it's on pick. both uh, RT2 and Virgin Media and then ITV as well so um, yeah it'll mm-hmm. be very very accessible this weekend to watch it Um, mine's probably a little bit less accessible. Um, it's a it's it's a late Sunday evening fixture again. It's two in a row, but it's a bank holiday Monday, and it's not on the kind of a service you get here. It's either NBA League Pass if you want to be a legal good goody two shoes, um, but it is on Monday morning at one o'clock. The San Antonio Spurs host the Clippers the only reason I'm predicting this is it's Wembenyana's second game as discussed um, 
last week. He made his debut last night against Luca and the Dallas Mavs. And he showed all the potential he has. Um, he was relatively quiet in three quarters. He got himself into foul trouble quite early, but kind of unleashed in the fourth quarter. I think he finished with 15 points in the fourth quarter. And you just seen glimpses of athleticism, hand-eye coordination, defensive prowess, and just athletic freakism. His, po- um, his potential to get a dominate, yeah. Um, yeah, it's worth watching. I think I sent you his stats from that game last night. His he matched uh, Tim Duncan's Spurs debut, stat, like every stat. So that that's not a bad start to your career in San Antonio. Um, yeah, no. look looking forward to actually following him uh, this season and seeing yeah. how he progresses and how he's like like we spoke how he's managed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking speaking of bad organizations. The San Antonio Spurs are not. Um, that's yeah. an incredible organization to land at. Um, yeah, but look, that's all from me. And that's all from me. Thank you. And good night.